You're listening to RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. The views and opinions expressed by our guests, hosts, and or DJs do not, we repeat, do not reflect the official policy or position of RGV Titan Radio, our affiliates, or our sponsors. RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. podcast here on rgv titan radio we are the 956 we are your hosts i'm will and i'm bob and what do you say we cut the chit chat (laughs) a-hole the dialogue in this movie is is (laughs) almost as memorable as the action and the fact that like sean connery in his 60s was back as a major action star major action star in this movie dude the rock is something of an impressive feat of a film like It's one of those movies that, like, especially for somebody who is as new and fresh to the action movie world as Michael Bay was when he made this movie, mm-hmm. like, there was man, and you're and you're right because you'd even pointed out before we we did this podcast, you're like, I think that has a lot to do with Jerry Bruckheimer, and yeah. it most it definitely does. Like, you can feel Bruckheimer in this film, the music and everything. Hey, man, because like. Uh, Bruckheimer definitely has a style that he likes his directors uh, to, to do. I mean, look at uh, look at like Con Air, uh, Crimson Tide, and that's like a movie uh, um, wow. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, all of uh, uh, Tony Scott's movies. Yeah, uh, literally it's... everything Tony Scott did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which which was I, I would like to consider like a proto form Michael Bay. Like Michael Bay stole his style from Tony almost, Scott. Almost definitely. You know? <laughs> that's not even a question. Like yeah. he bought, he borrowed his style from Jerry Bruckheimer, but he stole it from Tony Scott. Yeah, like, and it's funny because uh, if you've ever seen, if 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 you didn't know, Michael Bay actually got his start from uh, doing commercials. Yeah, and uh, the most famous commercial that he did that he won, I don't know how many awards for. Yeah, he, he did. It, it was it was the famous milk com- the Got Milk commercial that Got Milk campaign that was in the early nineties. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it, um. With my my uh, one of my personal uh, favorite actors, Sean Whalen. Yeah, uh, I adore. <laughs> I adore <laughs> Sean. <laughs> oh, boy. Excuse me. Oh, boy. <laughs> like he actually, uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> oh, he really? actually threw he threw up a, a throwback to that a while back. Yeah, and he, he put like still one of the most one of the, the, my favorite things that I've ever done in my career. And I'm like, that's so cool, dude. Like I forgot about. The first got milk commercial. Like, what a clever set of commercials that was. You know that wasn't a Michael Bay idea. Yeah. And and it's so and like and and the the only other thing that I know him from uh before he became a big time movie director was that he directed a bunch of meatloaf uh uh com- uh music videos. Yeah. yeah. Like the like the like the the meatloaf's musical style fits so perfectly with Michael Bay style. It's it's such a rock opera of loud noise and explosions. Yeah, like like Meatloaf's music is meant for pyro. Like yeah. you can hear it. Like I I've joked around a lot, and I'm like, man, that's like Meatloaf writes ent- like wrestling entrances. <laughs> yeah, he does. I've I've maintained that, and like whether people think so or not, 
and I'm willing to fight so many of you on it. Like Queen, Queen wrote wrestling entrances. Yeah. Like this, this fucking we will rock you. Like it's it it's literally a sports anthem. Queen, like yeah. you really think Freddie Mercury was aiming to write a sports anthem? <laughs> he wanted to write a song that everybody could get into, and that's basically what every uh, wrestling entrance theme is. <laughs> exactly. Like it's the, it's the most important thing in wrestling is the entrance and the finish. Like mm-hmm. are the most important things in wrestling. Everything in between is bullshit posturing. Like how good can you look in between? Like yeah. it's, like you can make a career out of that. Look at the fucking Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Like, exactly. But like I I I I digress. Like I just think Queen, like Princess of the Universe, is like one of my favorite wrestling songs. Like, that's just, the, that's that's the best, dude. That's the best. Like yeah. that's the only reason. The only reason I watched the because I watched the original Highlander TV series before yes, I watched dude. the movie. But like that 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 uh, opening theme, like the the theme song, oh, is just grabs- so freaking amazing, dude. Yeah, dude. Princess of the Universe grabs you real fucking quick. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a good song. Like. And I, so, I, I don't know. I just, I just like that's what Meat Loaf's music is. It requires a lot of like extravagance and pyro, and like you want somebody like Michael Bay for that. Yeah. So uh, what we do every episode, man, is we uh, we take a look back as to uh, what we saw, what what uh, uh, pieces of entertainment we took in this past week. Uh, did you watch anything new uh, in between the last couple of days that we recorded this? Not so much new, but like we did start watching Breaking Bad again. Ooh, like, yeah. We're already at like the season finale of five, so we're pretty done with it. Yeah. Um, Doesn't the, that show get better? Like it just gets better, dude. The more you watch it, when like going back and revisiting it and knowing everything that happens, mm-hmm. like nothing, absolutely nothing from the first episode to the last, nothing is an accident. Mm-hmm. Like everything is so, so, so specifically and sharply written. Like, make sure you say it this way. Make sure you look down this direction. Make sure your face looks like this. Like, because yeah. this is going to come back in another two years. Like, that's the one thing that of, Vince Gilligan, that's the one thing that Vince Gilligan is a genius. And, and like, it just shows how much of a genius he is, yeah, is I'm, that nothing was planned out at all are you serious i am totally serious dude every single season was just like they never said okay we're gonna set this up and we're gonna bring it back next season or or whatever that that feels so wrong like Like, everything about it feels so on purpose everything yeah and and that's the thing about about what he does dude is that every single thing that he does he pays attention and and he he uh he knows exactly how to get himself out of situations that he got himself into, you know? And I think that's why the show was so good and why it, it, it hit such a nerve with, with uh, so many people was that there wasn't a plan. So mm. therefore it was as chaotic as the story was, you know, yeah, as, okay. uh, as his situation. And that's why I think it works so well because there was really that's no plan, you know, insane. just like the character. Like, <laughs> we, we got like, we're one, yeah, because we're one episode away from season six. We just got to the episode where uh, Hank opened the Walt Whitman book in the restroom. Oh, yeah, he's on the it's, shitter. <laughs> yeah, and it's just to, to WW on it. Yeah. Like, we've made it to that point, and I'm like, dude, fuck, that dude. look, that look that he gives, man. Like, it just says it all, dude. Everything about this show is such a kick to the balls. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's it's all this to to predicate the fact that, like, we want to give Better Call Saul a chance. 
Like yeah. I need, I'm yet to watch anything of that show, and I really want to see it. Like, dude, Better Call Saul. Um, it's a way better show than it deserves to be. I feel and like it would. Be. I feel myself looking. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Breaking Bad is my all-time favorite show, dude. Like, it really quickly became my all-time favorite show. Breaking I Bad. I can see did. why it would be. But Better Call Saul is a completely different, different type of storytelling. But in done in the same uh, style, if that makes any sense. But like, I got an. I think what I really want to know is, do you ever find out who Danny is to Saul? Because there's that ongoing joke that I've noticed in the show where he's constantly trying to push somebody into the laser tag thing. Uh huh. Like he's <laughs> constantly doing that. Like whether it's to launder money or to hide something, or to even start a meth lab in the back. He keeps <laughs> pitching the laser tag. And I'm like, there, who, who the there, fuck is Danny? He's like, Danny's good people. And I'm like, I hope in Better Call Saul, they actually show you and explain to you why he's so dedical to um, like help out Danny. There is still uh, one more season left, I believe. And they'll is probably there? get to because because this show takes place, I think it's five years before. Yeah, uh, uh, before uh, Breaking Bad uh, begins. Yeah, it's but uh, the beautiful and oh my god, this is like the beautiful thing about this show, dude, is that it does not rely on the Breaking Bad characters. Some yeah. are like sprinkled in and out, like uh, uh yeah, yeah. like uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Gus the, and Mike, the badass old guy. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike Earnshaw. Yeah, Mike. Like his like his character in Better Call Saul. Um. It's just so like you find out so much about this guy and it makes you love him so much more, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like he's not just a heavy dude, you know? Yeah. But and I, and I think that's what's what's always real good because and you, and you're probably right because I remember that the original script had Jesse like dying. He in died in one. the second episode. He died yeah. in the second episode. But they liked him so much that they're like, you know, we need to keep you around. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "That's awesome!" So like, I, yeah. it, it makes sense that, that Vince Gilligan is just like, "Nah, let's just run with it." But like, damn, yeah. he ran into probably one of the best shows in television. Like rewatching it again, I'm like, I can see why somebody like why that's hard to argue when somebody's like, "Oh, Breaking Bad is the greatest like television show I've ever seen." Like, yeah, yeah, I, I I can't find too much of a flaw in that. Like, it's the same thing for me. Like for me, the best show I've ever seen was The Shield. Like, uh -huh. and yeah. I maintain that to this day because, and I'll like, I'll tell everybody, like, everything Breaking Bad did, The Shield did first. Yeah. Like, they did it first. Breaking Bad may have done it better, arguably. That's an argument to have. Yeah. I prefer The Shield. Like, as good as I The Shield have. is, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, The Shield is a freaking phenomenal show. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when I, when, when we were roommates, I, I watched the whole thing. Like, I watched yeah, yeah. every episode and I was freaking hooked throughout the whole thing. It grabs you, you know, really fast. <clears throat> like I was hooked, and and I have nothing bad to say about, save for one thing. Mm. I do think that they that they, in certain aspects, they went a little too far, on in in Someone certain aspects. Yeah. Someone else has told me that they're like the show has gone, the show goes too far, yeah. and I'm like, you think song like, dude, like some dude gets mouth raped, like it's on basic yeah. cable. Yeah, <laughs> like well, I, yeah. They're like they're, they're like they're trying really hard to push that envelope, and it's fine, you know, for 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 that. But I I, I didn't think they needed to do that. Um, though, though there were there were some things where they need to go that far. Yeah, but other times they didn't have to.
Yeah, like they didn't have to go that far with that, but like I understand why they did it. Like I imagine like having they're trying to keep TV, they're trying to keep that that edge rating for the for the late night FX crowd, you know. <laughs> I think that's why because that was the first show that was like, okay, we're gonna be able to say shit on TV now. Yeah. And like <laughs> they made that big joke on South Park. Like, yeah, they're gonna yeah. say shit. <laughs> like, and they're doing the shit counter. Yeah. You can say shit after nine o'clock now and shit. Which is clever. Like, it was like, you got some shit on your face. <laughs> but like, yeah, dude, like, I, I really like that show. And like, all this so we can check out Better Call Saul. But we started watching it again because like, uh, fun fact about me and Patty, that's, we were friends for about a year uh, before we we started dating each other. And um, we fell in love watching Breaking Bad. She'd never seen it before. So um, I had all the seasons on DVD and like we started the show as friends and we ended it like together. Yeah. Like, so the show means quite a bit to us and it's just, it's been kind of nice revisiting that because we haven't revisited it since we were, since we got together. Yeah. Like, so it's been nice. Like, cause we fucking just binged this fucker. I dude, I've been watching it for like less than a week and I'm almost done. <laughs> like it's crazy, it's man. pretty bad once we start watching it we just get caught right into it yeah and and uh i remember um one time i for 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 whatever reason i decided to like watch watch uh watch an episode i had the inkling to watch the the episode where <clears throat> they're caught underground and the, they try, they're trying to kill a fly like the whole episode they're just trying to kill a fly that's all it is you want to know what's so funny about that about you saying that uh that's the episode I told her I was in love with her. Oh, really? <laughs> I shit you not. We were, we, were, we were watching that episode when I turned to her and I just blurted out that I was in love with her. And like that, that, that episode is, it's very, it's very divisive. You know, people are saying yes. like, oh, that episode's so boring. But no, man, like that's, that's one of it's, those ep like epiphany in your life episodes. You know, <laughs> it, it's such a, vi it's so vital to the actual characters, not the story, yeah. Yeah. but to their characters. characters. Yeah. It's exactly. very it, it's very vital to blossoming what Walt is becoming and what Jesse has already been. Like yeah. Jesse trying to move on from that world, that life, and like just trying to make an honest living doing a dishonest thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is kind of fucking funny. And like it's the same thing with Walt. Like, you really don't realize until like season six that you're you've been rooting for the bad guy. Yeah, it's very much, it's very much uh uh like um if 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 they had made a movie a breaking bad movie mm -hmm. where they started off with with uh, um Walt being the the just a straight up villain yeah like he, this is okay um let me take that back this is the star wars prequels to uh Walt's like super hardcore bad guy yeah right, right like right. you see him turn <clears throat> from this innocent uh extremely naive guy yeah. To uh, finding his finding his voice in making meth and yeah. becoming a, a powerhouse in the in the drug game, and like that's where he found his life. That's where he found his power. That's where he found his his like voice. Yeah, you know? and even and then, like I, that's why he held on to it so hard. I think. Yeah. Well, even then, yesterday <clears throat> was was that episode because it's the very same episode where you find out, or where Hank finds out, reads the the Walt Whitman book, and like gets it. Um, 
That's also the same one where like he turns down five million dollars for his piece of the methamine so he can get out of the the meth selling game. And he tells Jesse about Gray Matter and how it's a company that's worth billions of dollars and he took a five thousand dollar bailout. Yeah. Like he took five thousand dollars, he took a few months' rent and he took away his son's birthright. And he's like, I will not sell myself short ever again. And it's like, God damn though, dude, but five million dollars? Yeah. Like to just walk away? Like five million dollars because your product is so good. I'm willing to give you five million dollars. Just go away, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like leave me alone. You have stage three cancer. You're dying. Go That's away. That's the main reason he started doing this in the first place, man. Like that yeah, will solve dude. all his problems. <laughs> and just like seeing that fucking the storage locker full of full of money was like, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, dude. Like <laughs> and Bill Burr and, and that other guy, dude, like oh, God, did exactly yeah. what we would do. Like I yeah. would do the exact same thing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. I I probably would have stacked a few of those in my pocket. I don't know what to tell you. Like you're really not going to miss it. Yeah. Like if no, you have well, that you probably much, will. There's 13 no, no ounces shit. missing from this stack. Where is it? Yeah, no, no <laughs> shit, right? So um <laughs> I've been watching I've been watching a, a lot of trailers lately. Um I just saw the uh the new Snake Eyes trailer oh, which fuck. looks eh, okay, I guess. It's awful, well. Uh, what'd you think of the new Halloween trailer? Do the Halloween kills? The, the new Halloween trailer has me fucking like got my nipples harder than diamonds, bro. <laughs> like Dude, I am they're doing so, it right, man. They're doing it right. I am so fucking thrilled to see that. Like, I can't wait to see what they do with it. I'm excited to see <clears throat> um what they're gonna do with the new Evil Dead movie because apparently they're going the Halloween route where like Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and the show never happened. Like, it, it's just a brand new sequel. And they like, take off a little bit too, dude, because that was a superior movie. The, I, I, I agree, but I can see why you'd want to follow one. One was the actual, like, what happened to him at the end. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, two is like, well, we all saw what happened to him at the end, the beginning of Army of Darkness. The portal. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, that was always Raimi's idea. And, and it's one of that, because I've, I've read a lot of people like saying like, oh, it's such a stupid idea. Like, why would anybody ever do that? And I'm like, they already did it. Yeah. Like, it was literally part two. That's what they did. They ignored part one. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, and then the show somehow managed to integrate one, two, and army. Like, mm -hmm. made it, like, so you just went back to the cabin with somebody? Like, <laughs> okay. I like in the uh in the uh Evil Dead 2 commentary uh um he was saying that yeah that's how stupid Ash is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how stupid like, and horny Ash is. <laughs> I love I love listening to those movies with commentary because Bruce yeah. Campbell like makes fun of fucking everything about these movies, dude. Yeah, like hilarious. he has he has like Bruce Campbell would be amazing at cinema sins. Yeah. Bing. Bing. <laughs> like yeah he's, he's so, fucking really brilliant man so um also man i kind of wanted to uh to uh give uh um because i've been watching because okay so now that my daughter is three years old mm -hmm. uh actually since she was like two she actually pays attention to the tv mm -hmm. and uh same thing with my youngest one she just turned one so but she actually pays attention to tv now yeah so I can't watch the movies that I usually watch. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'll put the kids show that they like to watch and um, I'll watch like videos on my, on my, on my phone. Yeah. 
And I've been watching lately. I've been watching a lot of uh, um, uh, reaction videos. Oh like, yeah, people watching movies for the first time, people yeah. listening to the music for the first time. Um, but my favorite videos to watch are uh, ghost compilation videos. Oh, I love those. Okay, Nuke's top five, dude. Nuke's top five is my all-time favorite. Uh, yeah, that same. guy's voice, like I don't know what it is with that guy's voice, but he's not scary, but he just sounds like you know he, creepy. Like he's not even yeah. trying. He's not. <laughs> that's why I was, it's effortlessly creepy. He's effortlessly, like effortlessly creepy. Like and and it's, his like, it's like talking to a young Vincent Price. Yeah. <laughs> like just like going like I went to the grocery store today. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like nothing happened. I went it's been to the grocery store today. today. They were out to bananas. <laughs> You sound more like James Mason. <laughs> back, back, holy man. <laughs> but, uh, um, dude, and, and now I'm watching reactions to ghost videos. Like, there's this one guy I like to listen to, uh, like to watch. His name is Casper Sight. Okay. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's this uppity Brit, dude. Like, he's, he's, uh, Hey everyone, how how, uh, how do our diddly day? He's he's got a very posh British accent, talking like this, you know. And <laughs> he goes, whenever he he does a reaction video, he goes, go to the channel, subscribe, like it, and do the thing. <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing. And then whenever he gets scared, he's like, fuck off, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> He's so British. Wow. Yo, I'll show you later after the the podcast. Remind me, one of my friends, his family owns a ranch out in El Sauce. Uh-huh. And on the ranch, they have a bunch of houses on the property. That um, one of the houses was used for the the Mexican American Wars. Oh, okay. Like, so they they use that house out there, and it's on Frontera, like. The ranch is literally across the street from the border. So I don't know whose side that house was on. But uh, <laughs> nobody seems to. But they were taking pictures of the of the, the houses the other day. And like there's as like it's not photoshopped. That's the part that's freaking like him out, that freaks me out. It's like this isn't like this hasn't been fucked with. He's like, my aunt sent this to me. She doesn't know what the fuck Photoshop is. <laughs> and like yeah, there's very, very clear as day somebody standing in a window. Like Oof. clear as yeah, like clear as the skies are blue. There's there's a fucking person just standing there. And it it it's fucking creepy looking. And I'm like, yo, are you sure this hasn't been fucked with? He's like, this is right off her phone, dude. <coughs> and I'm like, wow, like that's fucking freaky, dude. That's crazy. And I'm like, go back up there and like like go go check out what it is. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> like very much like me in that you'll never see me in these haunted house movies because you're not gonna get me into your stupid haunted house like <laughs> oh man that's I, all right i love watching it but but i don't know if i if i'd have the the guts to actually go in there and and do something i i wouldn't i'm i'm a skeptic at heart i'll always look for logical reasons as to why something is happening yeah like, i i believe logically that there was somebody just hiding in there before i'd believe yeah but like it was probably somebody just passing through yeah but see at the same time like yeah it's not gonna be me that's gonna go find out (laughs) yeah i'm just saying i I can i can go the rest of my life just you know asking yeah (laughs) 
Like that's one of that's one of those things. Like, yeah, but like, who goes into that house? Does anybody live there? Like, no, yeah. fucking don't worry about it then. <laughs> like, so uh, also, man, I wanted I wanted to to also uh, highlight a uh, a local boy, a local boy who who makes YouTube videos. His name is Cinema Puke, uh, Josh. He yeah. uh, um, he uh, makes I guess they're like vlog videos yeah. where he just like I don't know why they're so entertaining to me. He just goes out and goes to the store and and buys movies. Like yeah. that's all he does. Yeah. And, and like he'll he'll come home and and he'll like show himself going to the store, getting into his car, coming home, uh, uh opening the bag, then pouring himself a drink and having a beer. Like I don't know why that's so entertaining to me. His fucking movie collection is <laughs> Isn't it amazing, dude? I thought like, I, I thought had an impressive movie collection. Movie collection. Yeah, I thought I had an impressive collection. And then I saw his and I was like, "Oh, mine shit compared to that guy's." <laughs> Like, 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 I bet you he's been collecting since he was 10 or something. Probably. That's one, it's one of those collections that I was looking at. I was like, I hope you never have to move. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I've, I've had to move. And let me tell you something, bro. Like, you ain't lived until you fucking had to haul fucking at least 11, 12 boxes full of DVDs. Like, that shit is ridiculous. And I mean big fucking boxes that I haul. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> we have a bunch here at the house. And, like, Patty's like, oh, um... Because I told her, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have that movie in the box somewhere. She's like, no, I've been through your boxes. You don't have that one. I'm like, not in that box. Like, not in those boxes. There's still, like, four or five at mom's, like. And, like, including my really fucking big one. I have a box that was for a lawnmower full of DVDs. Like. It's absurd, man. Yeah, dude. Like, and and I I, I don't know what it is, but he's, he's, he's just a good a uh, good video to watch like in the background or whatever just it's it's just it's just uh fun to watch this guy with his yeah. sunglasses and just looking cooler than a to- polar bear's toenails man yeah just right on man. about movies well shout so, out to cinema puke check that guy out man he's yeah dude awesome. he's got he's got he's got a good little following man uh he deserves more though so go check him out man yeah definitely so, always entertaining so right now dude what we're gonna do is we are going to dive back into uh the wonderful, amazing, freaking psychotic Nicolas Cage. And his, um, I guess this is kind of the start of when Nicolas Cage became Nicolas Cage, right? Because yeah. before, he the was Cage a smaller rage. kind of actor, right? Like he mm. was, I mean, he had come out in, in a couple of movies. Uh, like he was in like Vampire's Kiss and Moonstruck, <laughs> like the big, uh, and Raising Arizona. Um, like those were the big movies that like everybody knew him as, but he yeah. didn't really get big, big until 1995 when yeah. he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, right. Dude, what a movie. Which him and Elizabeth Shue mm-hmm. what like, I, I only knew Elizabeth Shue from Karate Kid and Back mm-hmm. to the Future. Right on. Okay. And then, and then watching this movie. And seeing, like, I could have sworn that Nicolas Cage was, like, on the verge of freaking killing himself, dude. The yeah. whole movie, dude. Yeah. Like, they he did just, a real good job of that. Yeah. And how freaking amazingly beautiful Elizabeth Shue was in this movie. Like, it, it, was, it was just crazy. And then he follows that up. A Oscar award-winning performance with The Rock. Which... You, I don't know if you've heard of the Oscar curse. 
Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. where like people win like the best actor Oscar, uh, best supporting actors, actress, actress, uh, Oscar. And then they, they're like their career just never recovers for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Which is super weird. Like I, 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 I've never quite understood why that happens because you'd think that with, you know, you watch a movie and like, if, if you've won an Academy award, they pitch that right away. Like yeah. a, Academy award Academy winner, whoever award the fuck. winner. Yeah. Like they pitch that shit right the fuck away and but, let you know, man. But after this, Nicolas Cage kind of settled into a um uh a niche type of movie where yeah. he was able to just go all out. Like he it seemed like he was bored with the whole uh, Oscar bait films. Yeah. It seems like and, he got bored with everything. Yeah, and then he just like went right off and and I think The Rock was I want to say The Rock was his last serious quote unquote serious role. Because uh he well, kind of yeah, played straight yeah. man to everything that's going on in this movie. A character yeah. named of all things Stanley Goodspeed, who's just as no crazy shit. as the way he acts in every other movie. <laughs> and it's so weird cuz like again, you do see some of the cage rage in this. Yeah, like you really do get to but see he's it. Holding but back, you can see him holding back though, big time, like <laughs> big time, because like he doesn't outact Ed Harris, and Ed Harris isn't over the top. I don't feel in this movie at no. all. Ed Harris is a quiet fury. Like yes, you, dude, you could tell like his whole performance, every single scene that he's in, he looks like he is on the verge of losing his fucking mind, dude. Yeah, dude. And you know what's so funny? I saw this movie was actually the last movie I ever saw at the drive-in in McAllen. Okay. Like it was, it, I saw this one and that Whoopi Goldberg movie, Eddie, but like it was Eddie first and then it was The Rock. Yeah. But like at the time, I'd only ever known Ed Harris for two movies mm. and it was Milk Money and Creep Show. Mm. That's all I'd ever seen him in. And in Creep Show, he was kind of a dork. And in Milk, <laughs> and in Milk Money, he's such a dad. He's a dork. <laughs> yeah, he's he's such a just nice, kind-hearted dad. So to like, who I totally it, believe that somebody like Melanie Griffith can fall in love with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does a really, and I mean, like, this is like 1993, Melanie Griffin. So like, yeah, yeah. like a, a, another one of those. Hey, Melanie Griffith. <laughs> yeah, like Melanie Griffith that that managed to rope her 1994 Antonio Banderas, like Melanie Griffin. Yeah, <laughs> like. She was, she was God almighty. She was so beautiful, but like still is, but yeah. it, it's just one of those things where like to see him in this movie and like, every, he's telling people like that he's taking, he's taking 80 hostages in Alcatraz. And then they're like, like 80 hostages. Like who said that? Identify yourself. Like, just like, I'm not fucking playing. Yeah. Like. Ed Harris is fucking crazy good in this movie. Saying, I, I was, I was running, I was running a dark, dark missions while your grandfather was in grade school. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How old is this guy? Yeah, dude. Like he, he's 120 years old in this movie. That's that's how old he is. And like, it, it's, he looks it's, great it's, for his age. It's one of those movies that, like, as a kid, I I thoroughly enjoyed because of the action. Like that's about it. This is just exciting. There's a car chase. Sean Connery's in it. Like, this is fun. But, like, watching it again, like, now with a, uh, for legal purposes, mildly radicalized mind, um, it it's just one of those, like, just watching that scene with, like, all those Marines together, and they're like, understand something. Like, you have fucked us over, 
and you have fucked over our families and we have gone into the depths of hell for you people to not even get a military funeral yeah like, let, let me you. let me uh let me mention something about these quote unquote villains of this movie yeah um <laughs> about about the uh, the uh, the antagonists um they're right yeah you know and and here's yeah. the thing here's the thing i forgot who said this i forgot who said this but um it was said by somebody i can't i can't for the life of me remember who said it and and this person's totally right the best villains are the people who believe that what they are doing is the right thing to do right and those are the best villains right yeah. except for the joker dude like the joker is is completely different but every villain believes that what he is doing uh, is is uh what's best for yeah. him or somebody else their motive which is to um give the other compensation for people who gave their lives for the country and didn't even get like like they're they're still considered MIA or yeah. or AWOL or no 21 or guns like to that. no nothing, nothing. They, yeah any any way to fuck over not giving the family any money yeah and they and they open the movie with this like somber scene straight out of a metal gear solid video game dude even the music Where, is so metal gear yeah dude and dun, by dun, the way dun, dun, the music dun. is done by harry gregson williams who did the music for metal gear solid 2 so that, there's that connection it, it sounds like it <laughs> yeah um like and and uh ed harris is is just walking through the graveyard and pouring rain like the rain is so thick he can barely see him right yeah. and he puts and he puts the flowers on his wife's grave and he apologizes to her for for you know doing this for having to do this and having to stoop to this level you know that he tried every other avenue that he could think of that was available yeah. to him to avoid this situation you know yeah and that's and, usually what happens with a lot of these guys like they feel like they've been they just you push them too far yeah and they're trained like like you 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 wonder why why sometimes these people go this far they're trained not to give up dude right know? Like That's I mean, I have point. you. I have all the way. respect. I have all the respect for military, right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, um, like the people who join the military, the people who are in the military, I, I have different feelings for the people who head the military. But as far as the yeah. people who are actually in the military, like I have respect for it because they do things that no normal person can do, right. right? I may not agree with with what they have those people do. Yeah, but like what what they're doing and what they're doing it for. Yeah. But I appreciate the fact that they can do what they can do, right? Oh, hell yeah. Because there's no way in a million years I would ever be able to even come close to do look, that. Look, man, I'm a big fan of Batman, but if he was just going around kicking doors down and beating the shit out of potheads, it would be a different. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> be, yeah, dude. I wouldn't have a lot of their, I wouldn't have a lot of Batman action figures. What I'm yeah. like... I'd be like, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Oswald Cobblepot has a point. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you have to go back and watch Batman and Robin and remember that we're we're booing the environmentalists. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the, this. The person who's trying to damn the billionaire and save the world. Yeah. They're the bad guy. Remember that. <laughs> keep that in mind, people who keep bashing Hollywood for, for their, you know, for being quote unquote too liberal and too woke and too uh uh environmentalist. Watch Batman and Robin and tell me different. No oh, shit, because anyway. let me tell you something about The Rock. The older I get, like the older this movie gets, the more and more the fucking the the double turn is happening. Yeah. At some point in 20 years, 
like your kids are gonna watch The Rock and like Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery are the bad guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like in my mind, and this this came from like the first time I watched this, mm-hmm. I realized that that wasn't the bad guy. That mm-hmm. that he that he wasn't the bad guy. FBI Director Womack was the bad guy. Right. I was like, Womack he was, was the bad, bad guy, guy. The whole time. And he's such a like played by the awesome John Spencer, dude. The late great John Spencer. What a smarmy little who, prick he is in this movie. Who like just oozed evil and oozed like like this this like catastrophic charisma that just you can't just help but hate, dude. And that's how good this this good of an actor this guy is, dude. His name in film should have been corrupt businessman. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But he was like in everything you'd yeah. see him in, like he's just a corrupt businessman. Like, yeah. And how can how can uh, um, David Morse, a guy who looks like, like you know, he would he would go to every single orphan in the world and give him a hug and a teddy bear. How does he keep playing bad guys? Because he's so fucking good at it, dude. <laughs> David Morse, like fucking, like has always reminded me of like I'm not even kidding. Like as weird as it sounds, he's always reminded me of my dad. You really? Like, just. He just feels like just looking at him the way he walks, the way he talks. My dad was very soft spoken like that. Uh, like he just he like my dad could have a temper and an attitude, but like having a conversation with him, he was very just confident and soft spoken in everything that he said. Like he never presumed to be like smarter than anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that and he and this he gives those types of performances where like he's not the smartest person in the room, but he's already identified who is. Yeah, like he's already been able to figure out who the smartest person is, and like based on that is what his next move will be. He always comes off as a little cool, and like you'd think he'd be a Nickelodeon dad. Like, <laughs> I could see him being a dad in Nickelodeon shows. Like he could very easily fall into that category, doesn't he? Because like, dude, like tell me he does not look like a, a dad cop on a TGIF show. <laughs> like he's yeah, like, he, could, he could totally he could totally be the dad in a Full House. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I'd buy him as that, and yet they still keep putting him in these roles where he plays like scary, like lethal badasses, and it works. Dude, I hate Disturbia. That. Yes, dude, dude. That's one of like my. That's one of Patty's favorite films. You, you really like Disturbia, right, babe? <laughs> She's just like nodding, like <laughs> yes. yes. She watches that one a lot. Like, and yeah. I, I, I get it. It's not one of my personal favorite movies, but like he's amazing in it. Yeah. Like he's yeah. fucking great in it, and of course, man, we we can't. We just need to talk about the late great freaking powerhouse of acting that is John Connery, dude. Oh God, man. Who like in, in like he he uh um he does like there's some roles that he doesn't even seem like he's trying. Like, have you ever seen him in a, a oh what was that movie that he did with Catherine Zeta Jones? Oh um, God, Entrapment. Entrapment. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Like, I don't know what an like, empty performance that was. That in like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was just a waste of time because that ended up being his last. Dude, what a way to go, dude! Like that ended up being his last movie. You know, you know what makes me laugh about that though? Like he chose yeah. to do that one because he turned down Lord of the Rings because he didn't understand it. Like he didn't yeah. get it. They offered. But I'm glad he did, dude, because I I, oh, I couldn't see in, him as Gandalf. I couldn't either. Like, sorry, like Ian McKellen is Gandalf. A wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work. Fly, you fools. <laughs> Fly, you fools. 
You shall not pass. You shall not pass. Shall not what? Pass. <laughs> pass, you lazy bastard. You're not passing me. <laughs> passion? What do you say? <laughs> You're not passing me on my drag big shtick. <laughs> like, it wouldn't would fucking worked. It wouldn't have. Like, I'm sorry. He, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he would have been great. I, 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 I imagine... That like Peter Jackson would have pulled a fuck all of an amazing performance out of him, like I, I really do. Yeah. But like at the same time, like no, right? You know but what you I know mean? What? Like uh, honestly, honestly, uh, as much as I love Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson was blessed with the best freaking actors that he could have possibly gotten. Like aside from the technical aspect of it and like the epic aspect of it, the acting aspect of it, like he had everything handed to him in that respect. Yeah, I mean, because, like, because here's the thing. Go back and read the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no there's no real way. You you imagine there's no real way of delivering that with any seriousness whatsoever. It's Dungeons and Dragons, dude. Like, it, it, It's Dungeons and Dorks. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, okay. We, we're going to I'm going to just like not veer off topic for a moment. I just I just want to say this. You know how we're considered holy by, you know, when you like Star Wars, you're the nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to, to people who just like, who like movies. They don't care about movies the way we care about movies. They just like movies. And like, okay, dork. You know what I mean? About Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings people are those to Star Wars fans. Like uh, y'all are, y'all are dorks. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like. Y'all are dorks to us, and like, it's because you're you're the, the movies are dorky. They are, but like, <laughs> they work. Like, don't get me wrong, they fucking work. They're yeah, amazing. especially the extended editions, dude. I'm sorry, yes. dude, but like, oh my it's God. very hard for me to watch a four hour movie. Um, that's why I don't watch a lot of old movies because they're freaking four yeah. hours long. That's you know, right, man. But like, like movies like uh, like the Justice League and uh, uh, like the the Lord of the Rings movies. Did they just recently put the four hour versions on uh, HBO Max? Did they? So I, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. They they just they just barely put them on uh, last month, I think. Oh wow! And uh, like, I'm watching them for the very first time, dude. And oh my god, do they add so much, dude? And I'm yeah, not talking lengthwise. I'm talking about like story wise, like like in depth uh uh the backstory to a lot of these characters dude yeah and it just shows how good of a freaking movies these these movies are dude and and, and like I, like go back and like like i said like go back and just read the dialogue like write down some of the dialogue yeah while you're watching the movie and then just go back and read it and tell me like who do you think could deliver that line like better because the, that list is small yeah. you can't deliver this kind of dialogue and like come off as cool as you did like so the, did you watch the really well? Did you watch any of the uh, uh, James Bond movies with Sean Connery? I watched all of them. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen any any of those uh, James Bond movies. <laughs> or should you not? <laughs> Believe it or not, the very first uh, uh, Sean Connery movie I ever watched was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, same, absolutely yeah. same. It was Last yeah. Crusade it was the first movie with Sean Connery I ever saw? Yeah, and like. I the the only reason I watched them is I don't know if you remember they were on for like the longest time. You remember um Time Life magazine? No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those commercials. Okay. 
Yeah, and Time Life magazine would get their hands on like certain movies and shows, and like they did like the bit the Time Life presents Benny Hill collection. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well for a while, their biggest get was the 007 collection, ah. and for a mere two hundred and fifty dollars, you could own every fucking James Bond movie, like up to Goldeneye. Like Goldeneye was the last movie on there. This was before Die Another Day came out. Uh, and like including the uh, Woody Allen Casino Royale all of them like fucking <laughs> everything like the the one movie where Woody Allen bets his wife that he can't bang her daughter all of them <laughs> <laughs> that that may be a gross oh joke but he's gross he's doing it like he's actually do doing it. yeah yeah dude like, don't he knew her since he was six dude yeah he My he god he groomed her and that's gross and like he should be ashamed of himself and he should be like beaten heavily with a stick but either way um yeah like they're all there and i i don't know i think because it was right after my grandfather retired and um he used to to be in charge of hagar slack like there in edinburgh and um he retired and he just he had money and nothing to do and he was like i'm just gonna buy those like, I'm going to buy them. And he just bought the whole collection. So, like, we had those movies lying around forever at the That's house awesome. before I picked them up and started watching them. Like, they were just there. And then one day I just decided to, like, give them a shot. And holy shit, dude, they're fun. They're fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, dude. They're literally a punchline away from Austin Powers. I think that's like, why Austin Powers was so successful. Austin Powers did it like it, it's not even funny how right that, <laughs> that movie did it. Like making fun of those movies. Like it's so on fucking point that if they don't if 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 the movie didn't take the time to remind you that it's a comedy, <laughs> like it's as good as any James Bond film. I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just the truth. Like just the way it was in the 60s, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me make something really clear for some of you folks out there. James Bond has not always been Daniel Craig entertaining. No. Like, <laughs> they have not always been that action-packed. Like, you're looking at Dark Knight versus Adam West. Like, levels of difference. Like, <laughs> the Brits have their Batman and it's James Bond. Like... <laughs> I think I think the perfect uh, the perfect line that Austin Powers that was in Austin Powers that perfectly sums up like the the, the villains and all the, uh, the the James Bond movies was that line where he says I'm going to place him in an easily escapable situation involving an overly elaborate and exotic death. Yeah, dude, and like <laughs> you know what even cracks me up is that Doctor Evil is based off of uh, Lofeld, right? Yeah, Donald Pleasance. Yeah, I know it's it's so funny. Like I know all this because I'm such a hardcore uh, Austin Powers fan, but yeah. like I've never seen any of the like I'm, the only James Bond movie I ever saw was Goldeneye and uh, 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 the the first Daniel Craig Casino Royale. Those are the only two James Bond movies I ever watched, and yeah. I love both of them. Like both of those movies are freaking awesome. Like see the stuff with, um, okay, so like Sean Connery is very Pierce Brosnan smooth. Yeah. Like you believe him as that sexy debonair, like you believe that guy could walk out with whatever chick he wanted to. Well, that scene in Doctor No, dude, where he says Bond, James Bond, while well, he's yeah. a cigarette, dude. 
Yeah. Like, that made me yeah. wet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you believe him when he does that. Like, uh-huh. Daniel Craig, I, I like him, but, like, is it me? Am I crazy, dude? Or He's fuck ugly, right? Who, Daniel Craig? Yeah. He's so, he's so ugly that he's handsome. Is yeah. that what it is? Because, like, okay, yeah. his face is symmetrical, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah you know what it is. You know what it is. See, my wife's eyes. already mad at me. Why? No, I because she's like he's not ugly, and I think you're right. I think I think ninety percent of it is his eyes. Yeah, because he's got like, those dull eyes. Same thing with uh, what's his name, Adrian Brody. Like Adrian yes. Brody has a giant schnoz on his face, but yeah. his eyes are like you know doughy and and dreamy. <laughs> and like the thing is, is Adrian Brody's can be a, can be a badass and a fucking like a softy, and like Daniel Craig can do that too. Much yep. like Pierce Brosnan, much like fucking Sean Connery, like you have a fucking you're measuring sticks for it's James a confidence thing, shit. dude. It's a very much yeah. confidence thing. And like, yeah, Daniel Craig has that confidence, but like Daniel Craig's has got that badass like fighting factor, like Pierce Brosnan did. I, I think Daniel Craig is probably the best like fights we've ever seen in a James Bond movie. Yeah. yeah. But like who the better James Bond is. Like for my money, it's Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan. I'll take Pierce Brosnan, but that's my Bond. Yeah, like Michael Keaton's yeah. my Batman. Pierce Brosnan is my Bond. Well, see, like uh, reading, reading. Uh, uh, I read one of Ian Fleming's short stories of uh, uh, James Bond. I forgot what it was called, but like the way he's he's described is very much Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that, that, that's why like, he's he's always felt more Pierce Brosnan to me than anything yeah. else. Which we could have gotten Pierce Brosnan earlier, but he was stuck doing Remington Steel, another James Bond ripoff. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, but, but anyway, uh, back to The Rock, that. dude. Back to The Rock, man. Nicholas so, Cage, right? Nicholas yeah, Cage, Nicholas Cage dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but like, uh, as, as awesome as Nicholas Cage is, dude, uh, Sean Connery's a legend. So, yeah, absolutely. So, but, but that, th- that doesn't mean that Nicholas Cage won't reach that, that plateau. I think he has already. Yeah, he's like, getting there. In, in, in my, my opinion, Nicolas Cage is Sean Connery levels of like awesome, yeah. like willing to let a lot go, like mm-hmm. for Sean Connery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a lot of people let go of a lot of the like. He said some really shitty shit. Like, yeah, no, no one ever caught him on film. No woman ever stepped forward and said, "Yeah, he used to slap the shit out of me." Yeah, but like he just mentions just the way he said shit. Like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, like that yeah. is pretty unforgivable. Yeah, yeah, but, but at the same time, like yeah, like you said, like nobody ever came forward, and I mean that that doesn't mean that he didn't do it. You know, it's that that OJ joke from Dave Chappelle, like no offense, man, but that killer broke for a thousand yards. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, like it's it's a fucked up joke. It is, but like it's not untrue. Like it's I'm not, not saying untrue. he should have killed her, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about like a while back, like that Michael Jackson joke that I had made, and like you had even pointed out, it's because we're ce- we're a celebrity obsessed. Like yeah. obviously, we're making a fo- we we do a podcast about movies. Yeah, so like <laughs> obviously we we are. It's it's part of the culture, and like we're willing to let a lot go. It all depends yeah. on how much do you like a person and how bad do they fuck up. Yeah, like for me, some things are easy. Kevin Spacey trying to fucking seduce a 13-year-old boy, he can go fuck himself in hell. Like, yeah, the next and he makes a movie, I'll shit on him. The fact that fuck. he's got another job 
yeah. he's making movies again really rubs me the wrong way, dude. It's a, it's an absurdity, dude. Like it's I can, really gross and disgusting, and and uh, this is why people make fun of liberals. I'll just say yeah, that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like one of the things that like, and I'll never forget it, dude. Like them people accusing him like dude there's this guy who's saying that like you molested him when he was 13 and and, and kevin spacey's like yes i'm gay like that's the like, that's an excuse <laughs> like worst kept secret in hollywood by the way like i've never even fucking i've never even spent a day in hollywood and i know what fucking no shit like it's just like it's just like somebody uh uh drunk driving down the street and killing a, a whole family of, of of kids and stuff and then him coming out of the car and saying i like beer yeah, <laughs> you know like exactly what the fuck dude <laughs> oh well then there you go no, problem solved right yeah like god. stupid it's stupid anyway god damn nicholas cage movie <laughs> <laughs> i um I, I remember the first time I saw this movie. I did not watch this movie in the theaters. I did not. Uh, I never rented this movie. But my mom used to work at a dental office, right. and uh, doctor used to get uh, movies for for the because I, oh, I guess yeah, he subscribed yeah. to, uh, to some uh, Columbia House thing or whatever. But he would yeah, always get movies. Yeah. But my mom would bring the movies home because he never never watched them or he got doubles. Right. So one day my mom came home with this movie and Forrest Gump. Nice. Okay. And I watched Forrest Gump and <laughs> I enjoyed it. So <laughs> later in life that I realized that it was a Robert Zemeckis movie. So of course I liked it. Sacalo, sacalo, sacalo. Sorry, man. <laughs> I promise I'm not doing drugs. <laughs> and then another movie was The Rock. So I sat down, I watched this movie was freaking blown away by how freaking amazing it was. And then I rewound it and watched it again. Yeah, this is one of those rewind and rewatch movies. Yeah. Like, and I, I felt like it... such an adult watching this movie too, dude. Because oh, I was yeah. 14. I was 14 years old, dude. Like I was I was on the verge of of like uh my uh my uh my independence of going out, you know, being able to go out on my own and you know do everything, hang out with my friends, you know, outside of the view of my parents, you know. So I, watching I, this movie made me feel like such an adult. <laughs> I felt that way the first time I, I it's so funny that you mentioned that cuz like I felt that way when I was like 8 and I saw Lethal Weapon like by myself. Uh, like that that was one of those movies where uh, like Rest in peace Richard Donner, dude. Rest in peace Dick Donner, man, like for real. Um that was one of those movies that I always 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 felt I should not be watching it. <laughs> like, i was like i feel yeah. like mom should be in the room and i'm gonna watch this movie yeah like, i don't um, know why i always felt that way watching lethal weapon as a kid lethal weapon not so much lethal weapon 2 now that's a movie that you gotta... oh well when i say lethal weapon i meant like like all of them at that point in time like yeah. tonight because at that point i think one two and three were out yeah like and yeah. i would wa i would watch them all the time like occasionally my dad would just feel like watching them and he would tell my mom like rent all three of them for me like i want to watch all three of them that's and awesome. like, yeah, that was like a once every like maybe two months thing that my mom yeah. would just rent all three of the Lethal Weapon movies. And then it got to a point where like after we did it like four times, I bought part two at Walmart because it was five dollars. Uh -huh. like, it just it was on sale for five dollars. And then one was on sale for seven ninety nine. 
and like part three was on sale, but it was like fifteen ninety nine because it was like brand new. Yeah. And I bought part two, and Dad's like, "I'm not just gonna have part two in the house. Just fuck it." <laughs> he, he bought one in three. You can't, like, you, can't just, you can't just buy one of the the Lethal Weapon trilogy, dude. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it, and I was like, I just you want one part four down. You're like, God damn it, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> like at, at that point in time, it was just one of those things where like I just want one in the house. Like I, I that way we only have to rent one in three. And Dad's like, well, I don't want to rent any of them anymore. I'm just gonna buy these. Just buy them. <laughs> he just got frustrated and bought them. <laughs> so uh, what we're gonna do right now, man, is we're gonna go take a real quick break and. uh Go buy. Uh, <laughs> go. I'm. I'm gonna go see if my lethal weapon one, two, and three is still there. So, <laughs> but when we come back, I swear we're gonna we're gonna go back to talking about the rock, man. We keep going into these these different uh, these different conversations, but it's all good because there's so much going on in this movie that we do need to take those little those little crossroads, man. And but, then, uh, either way, come back next week. We got a whole lot of more cage to talk about. Oh, oh yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit, man. But for right now, we're gonna take a real quick break here on uh, the Movie Know It All podcast on RGV Titan Radio. We are the nine five six. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip hop, rock, and country. If you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgvtitanradio.com. We are the 956. From the depths of the primordial ooze of pop culture, Two figures emerge to bring their gift of knowledge and films to the masses. Their only qualifications? They watched a hell of a lot of movies when they were kids. They're not just experts. They're not just fans. They are movie know-it-alls. Join Bob and Will every Wednesday at 5 p.m. as they host the Movie Know-It-All podcast only on RGB Titan Radio. We are the 956. We can start recording, Lottie. Lassie. Let's get the record going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready? The Rock. Hour two. Three, two, one. Really elegant string of pearls configuration. Unfortunately, incredibly unstable. What exactly does this stuff do? If the rocket renders it aerosol, it can take out the entire city of people. Really? What happens if you drop one? Happily, I'll just wipe out you and me. Oh. It's a cold enough to raise inhibitor. Stops the brain from sending nerve messages down the spinal cord within 30 seconds. Any epidermal exposure or inhalation, and you'll know. Twinge at the small of your back as the poison 
seizes your nervous system. Do not move that. Your muscles freeze. You can't breathe. You spasm so hard you break your own back and spit your guts out. But that's after your skin melts off. Oh my God. Well, I think we'd like God on our side. <laughs> Perfect explanation as to what we're dealing with here in regards yeah. to, to like the the um the stakes mm-hmm. that we're dealing with. And and I, I got I want to mention the, the design of the uh uh of the quote unquote pearl configuration. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of mind comes up with that, dude? Like, like that that's that's such a cool idea. Like, it, like the visual representation of how different and dangerous this gas is. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I always thought it was kind of clever because, like, it again, um, as this as this movie gets older, um, you realize more and more that Ed Harris and his crew are just they're not the bad guys. Yeah, like they well, didn't like, make the like, shit. It's, it's so crazy because like half of, half of his crew is like the good guys. Yeah, but like like the real good guys, like like their their intentions are pure or whatever. But then, like you get you get the crazy like you know these people will be driving down the street with flags on the back of their truck if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Trump twenty twenty. <laughs> Trump won. <laughs> yeah, and, and fucking Greg Abbott can't do a moonwalk. So anyway, um, <laughs> he can't do a regular walk either. Fuck him. Yeah. But uh, sorry, I'm. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not going to vote for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to change my mind. Yeah, like, um, but, but yeah, like, but you're but, right, but you're right, man. Like, like they didn't come up with this, you know. Yeah, like, this like they didn't make U.S. military, and like, it, it's a matter of like the 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 idea behind that. Like, it's basically just like a super devil mustard gas. Yeah, and like mm, super devil mustard sandwich. It's it's. <laughs> The brood which cannot be disassembled. <laughs> but uh well I did. But uh are you, you the one telling it. me to beware? Because I'll tell you, I'll where, tell to you where to be. <laughs> like out my face. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Like I'm sorry guys. We we, we get into these <laughs> this fucking this podcast went off the tracks, but this movie's fucking ridiculous anyway. But like yeah, dude, it, it's one of those things where, like, unfortunately, like, our military, our, like, research and development, like, your tax money really goes into funding shit like this. Like, this is not an isolated thing for a movie. Like, the United States has funded, like, creating other types of really violent military prototypes. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, it's one of, like, yeah, just because we promise not to use them in battle doesn't mean we can't have them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we can't make them. Like... Which is, you know, a little silly, but whatever. There's a uh, reason why why a lot of a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the uh, the budget goes to uh, black okay. black military operations, right? Oh yeah, most definitely. Like, man. there's I a mean, reason why uh, I, I want to say like 45 percent of the military budget is black classified stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that 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 isn't declassified for 50 years. Yeah. You know? And like <laughs> there's a reason for that, dude. 
like by the time by the time by the time we get to read about what they've made, they've already made something bigger that could kill us if we tried to do anything about it. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Which is why the Second Amendment is useless. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just applying logic. What do I know? <laughs> logic is for grandpas and pussies. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's for it's for liberals and trannies. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually read that on a on a on a on a on a, a comment once, like like your type. What, what was it? I think it, they said something like, "Your type of logic is for is for uh, liberal babies and trannies." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the like, internet's such a dark fucking place. But yeah. um. Yeah, dude, like it, it's a cool design that they made with this with this movie. Like it's visually very appealing. Yeah. Like very when you much. see those little like balls with green liquid in it, like you know that like the last thing you want is for these fucking things to break. Which they seem to have put them in like the most fragile type of glass that shatters when it rolls into a wall, yet at the same time can bounce and Nicolas Cage can catch it. Like it's but, so brilliant the the opening scene when they're taking over the military base to steal the rockets. Yes. It's a perfect example of how you set up the uh, the stakes and and what happens. Like uh, uh, Nicholas Cage explains exactly what happens, right? And yeah. like you can you can use the most advanced uh, uh, language, uh, uh, vocabulary. Uh, and, like he can. Uh, um, describe it perfectly, right? As to what happens, which he right. does very graphically, by the way, he describes it. Yeah. But when you at the beginning of the movie, you actually see it happen. Yeah. And like that visual, along with his description, shows it's, you how dangerous it sticks with you. Yeah, and it like really it's, does. It's instantaneous once it's in the air around you. It starts to boil your skin. Yeah. And that's fucking scary. Scary. Dude. Like it doesn't need it doesn't need to be triggered by anything except the atmosphere. Yeah. And that's a dangerous fucking weapon. And like, another thing that's brilliant about about this the storytelling in this movie, which is why this is like the best Michael Bay movie, is that we the, our introduction to Stanley Goodspeed is um, he's a sharpshooter, like like because you see him like shoot with a with a with a Nerf gun, like yeah, like shoot that. You see him get a six hundred dollar vinyl record of the Beatles White Album. because he's such a hardcore beatles fan which is funny because he's actually an elvis like diehard yeah yeah i know (laughs) he's so much of a fan that he married his daughter (laughs) what what do you i mean what do you collect when you have everything elvis i know you get his his daughter too his daughter yeah Which I feel so sorry for her, dude. She had such bad taste in men, dude. I'm sorry, but like she had yeah. such bad taste in men. But anyway, um, so. yeah, man. Uh, and then you see how he handles stress with when he goes into that room where the uh, where that gas explodes and he's trying to cut the wires and stuff. Like yeah. you see how collected he is and how he is under pressure. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like that stuff doesn't scare him. Like the stuff, the the gas is eating away at his suit. The guy in the room with him is panicking and yeah. cussing, like not being any help whatsoever. But this guy's like, get that thing away from me, and he's working, like he's actually doing it, right? Yeah. But when it comes to this gas, this stuff scares him. Yeah, you know, and like and, everything in this movie have- is telling you, this is the worst thing that mankind has ever come up with, up yeah. into and including the atomic bomb. Yeah, dude, they they had even like mentioned like napalm and how napalm can't kill this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, can't even napalm it. 
Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, damn, that's because like the Geneva Convention is like, hey, maybe don't do that anymore. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Napalm's pretty fucked up of you. Yeah. And like, like how even like, like it, it's, it's worse than Napalm. Napalm can't even kill it. Like, ew. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they make the, they, they, they really put an effort into a good solid, like, I want to say six, seven minutes at the beginning of this film to really, really demonstrate to you. Like it's about six minutes in fifth, in a 15 minute period where they show you just how fucked up and dangerous this shit is. Like just yeah. being in the atmosphere, it eats a hazmat suit. Yeah. Like there is no hiding from it. And like, what do they have? Some sort of super devil adrenaline needle that like <laughs> went shot gotta, into the heart. That you gotta like like uh Uma Thurman that shit and just shove it directly into your heart, you know, in, in order to uh to stop your heart from from to keep your heart beating, in other words, like to yeah to and stop it from seizing. You know what makes me laugh so much about that thing though is like I look at the size of that needle and I'm like, no, right? That that'll yeah. kill you. No, I'll die. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like that will kill you. Yeah. Like the needle's too big to. It's not gonna leave a puncture. Like it's not gonna leave a small like puncture in the heart. That's gonna leave a hole in it. But like, like if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen a a a, a surgery's table, a surgeon's table, they actually have needles like that. Like that's an actual thing. Believe it or not. Wow, you know, yeah, I, it I, is I, fucked I, up, dude. But like the body, okay, the body has a certain uh thing that prevents you from hurting it. Like mm. you can't, like it's hard for somebody. Like try cutting yourself, like yeah. uh, on, on purpose, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it the body has a mechanism that stops you from doing that. Just so like if naturally, you're out there, don't really try. To yeah, cut don't really try, God, ladies and gentlemen. Like don't, <laughs> like, please don't, please don't. But I like, cannot stress that enough. <laughs> in, in normal everyday life, the body has a mechanism to where it doesn't allow itself. Like try. Okay, no, I'm not gonna say that. But like, if if somebody out it's there, it's like it's like holding your head underwater. Your yeah. your head's gonna throw itself out. Yeah, like, like it, it's a reactionary able... thing that you can't hit yourself too hard. Right. right. Like you can't, you can't knock yourself out. Right. Like you your, can't, your, your body won't allow you to hurt yourself that bad. Yeah, exactly. So that whole thing of stabbing yourself uh, with that needle is um, kind of out there, but it also shows the extremes that you have to go to in order to survive this thing. No, no, know? don't get me wrong for a film. That's fucking dope. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does. It does really like, you know, that white knuckle adrenaline ride comes from moments like this. Yeah. And exactly. like, it, it, it for the film it's convenient and it's very fucking cool but just yeah. looking at that thing i'm like i feel like that would leave a big hole in your heart <laughs> yeah. like i feel like that would leave a hole in your heart and that would be enough for you to die like and, maybe and that's just me and yes for no uh at the end of the movie when uh when a spoiler alert when uh when uh, uh nicholas cage actually does shove that needle in him doesn't he like shove it a little too low yeah like it's how like big is his heart <laughs> yeah, I was like, it feels like that was in your ribs, bro. But yeah. whatever. Like, I, 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 I went with the film this far. Like, I care yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, Nicolas like, Cage's head could explode, and Batman could fly out of it. I'm in. It's fine. Maybe, maybe he's got one of those like a uh, uh, weird internal organ set up to where his heart is actually where his uh, kidneys are. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Uh, I'll, like, okay, so we go from that uh character, um 
character introduction to uh, Mason's character introduction, Sean Connery's. And I got to tell you, this is one of the best, like everything you need to know about Mason is done when they're like releasing him from prison. There's this great montage of them walking down the dark hall, dropping the key on the chain. Like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Like that great, that great freaking uh, those. I love that shot for some reason. It, it, it's it's like, like Michael Bay is really good at like doing those really cool close-up shots yeah. to like innocuous objects. And then like, him coming out with the long hair, you know, the yeah. long gray hair, you I'll know, you, which is I'll his Gandalf look. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you though, um, in high def, you can see that those chains are plastic. Oh, really? Like they're good plastic. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Yeah. It's good plastic. It's solid plastic, but you can see the seams where Ooh. the plastic was sealed. Yeah. <laughs> and like in some of the chain links, and I'm like, yeah, nah, though. <laughs> like Sean Connery was in his late sixties when they were making this movie, so yeah, you couldn't have him be dragging around like fifteen. But he's in great. I mean, even in his sixties, he's still he's in a he's in great shape, man. Like, oh yeah. Uh, Great. I don't you know if you knew movie. this, man, but before he became a, a an actor, he was actually a bodybuilder. I believe it. Yeah, he was a bodybuilder, and he 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 uh, com- competed in uh, fitness competitions and stuff. Can you imagine if yeah. Sean Connery was around for superhero roles? Oh, dude, what was like, that movie that he did where he was wearing that spandex? <laughs> oh God! Uh, you know what I'm talking about? He's wearing like that red thong spandex. Yeah. Um, oh shoot! Like the people, like the people right now listening, they're like, "Oh, it's it's this, it's this." Yeah, oh, I know. Oh. I, I, well, fuck it, I can't remember. It's something with a Z. Zardoz, Zardoz, Zardoz. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I was like something with a Z. I just can't. I, I've seen it once, and that was that was enough. Sorry to like, the Zardoz. Is that something that he wears throughout the whole movie? I I believe so, yeah. I like I said, I only watched it once, and if I'm being like perfectly honest, it didn't hold my attention. Oh god, dude, that that like that mo- that one famous picture of him just standing in the middle of the desert, wearing like thigh high boots with, <laughs> with a cross a uh, bandolier like red bandolier and like you know nugget huggers. You know, he, just, <laughs> just he looks like somebody they would have made fun of in Mad Max. Yeah. Like, it's just like oh. the other guys are like, what are you wearing, mate? Like <laughs> just laughing at him. But I don't I don't know. Either way, I'm just saying This like, is my summer ensemble. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> just what a what a weird world it would be if like Sean Connery got to be in superhero movies and shit like that. You imagine him as Thor? Well, well, he tried to be, man. Like he he uh he took the role in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, dude. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately it was directed by David S. Goyer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Poor David Goyer. He should really just stick to writing. Talk about hit and miss. No, that was directed by Stephen Norrington. My bad. It was written oh, by... He, uh, oh, so Goyer just wrote that one. Goyer wrote it. This was directed by Stephen Norrington, dude. The same Stephen Norrington who directed Blade, by the way. Yeah. Go- and same, Talk about hit same, and miss. Same dude. David Goyer that wrote Blade. Yeah. yeah that's that's weird. Isn't it? That's super bizarre. But I don't, what do I know? It, yeah, dude. But that was his last movie, man. But... If if this was his last movie, if The Rock was uh, his last movie, it would have been perfect because there, I don't know if you've heard this, man, but there is like an urban legend that uh, Mason's character is actually James Bond. Yeah. 
Yeah, what do you think? I, what do you think? Of, what do you think about that? About people saying that, like, I mean, him working for MI six, uh, you know, him like not having a past, you know, like, what, what do you, what do you think of that uh, uh, little conspiracy theory? I would, I would totally believe it if they never caught him after he escapes at the beginning of the movie. You think so? Like after he breaks out of the hotel, mm-hmm. if if they never caught him, like if he turned himself in, I'd have believed that. Like, well, I mean, they 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 caught him because he stopped to meet with his daughter, right? His granddaughter, yeah, yeah. No, his daughter. Was it his daughter? I thought it, it was, was his daughter. Yeah, no, because like uh, the conversation they have is is uh, uh, like so uh, uh, expository, where like she like uh, I, you don't need to romanticize your relationship with my mother. You guys met at a Led Zeppelin concert, and then nine months oh, later, yeah. I was born. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Play, that like, was played Claire Forlani, man. Claire Forlani, dude. Oh my god, ah, she's like, so she's beautiful, man. Did you know that she's British? Yes, weird, I did not right? Know she was British at all. Yeah, yeah, I knew she was British. I, I like, um, I found that out when I bought Mallrats. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, there's like a behind the scenes like thing with her where she's talking, oh. and I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? Why is she talking like that? God, like she is. Oh, she's perfection in that movie too, dude. She's beautiful, man. Claire Forlani was gorgeous. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I wonder whatever happened with her career. Like, who's she upset? <laughs> well, she, as from what I gather, she's still like doing like TV shows and 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 guest spots and stuff like that. Um, yeah, right on. But uh, she she was never really like a big uh, movie movie name, you know. Yeah, yeah. I and that and like some people just get real comfortable in TV, and some people yeah. just get like they they try their hand at movies and they're like, "Fuck this, I don't like it." Yeah, like, I think the last movie. I, th- I think the last movie I saw her in was Mystery Men, where she played I the. Uh, uh, love that movie. That movie was twenty years too early. I I know. I say the exact same thing. I was like, "That's a movie. That's a movie that understood." How to satire superhero films before they even got here. Yeah, that movie was, uh, it's what Batman and Robin should have been. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's exactly what Schumacher was going for. Yeah. But Kinka Usher just did it better, way better. Yeah. And then nobody ever heard from him again. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that movie is just fun, dude. I fucking love it. Love everything yeah. about it. Jeffrey Rush in it is so good. Like everybody's Casanova Frankenstein, dude. <laughs> what a great name for a villain, dude. Casanova yeah. Frankenstein. So real quick, like I, I also want to mention before we move on, uh, the uh, um, the other female because there's only two women in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Marcel, yeah. uh, who, let's face it, is too good for, <laughs> yeah, is way out of Nicolas Cage's league. <laughs> yeah. Even night, even like nineteen ninety five, Nicholas Cage. Even like, nineteen ninety five, Nicholas Cage, dude. Like no, yeah. though, right? <laughs> yeah. She, she's one of those uh, like, if you cast her in your in your show or movie or whatever, dude, like she is solid, always solid. Yeah, and absolutely. I've always respected her acting chops because she has done. She's played the hottie. She's played the villain. She's played like the loving mother. She's played like all these different types of of movies and shows. And so she good. just kills it every single time, dude. Yeah, she's she's really phenomenal. Like she's wasted in this movie. She really is. But I mean, you know, Michael. When ben. you have when you have like people like Michael Bean and John C. McGinley and Tony Todd, 
like in 10 minutes total of screen time in a two and a half hour movie. You know? All of them, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That all of them lumped together. Like Michael B, <laughs> dude, like, oh my God. That part cracks me up because it, it just reminds me of MacGruber. <laughs> like, it's like the game is different, but the players are the same. Like, the way I will it, not give that order. I will not give, dude. Your whole crew's life <laughs> is at stake, dude. Give the damn order. Give the fucking order, Michael Bean. Like, god damn it. Like, it's just so fucking funny watching them yell at each other because it's so like, like my balls are hairier than your balls. Like, Michael like, Bean's just pissed because Ed Harris left him to die in the abyss. <laughs> Yeah, well, they left everybody to die in the abyss. Who who the hell survives that movie? Like, <laughs> I I mean that as like as in we the audience. Have you ever finished that movie? <laughs> All I know is that uh, Maid Marian dies, and then uh, Ed Harris brings her back. I have never, ever, 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 ever once finished the abyss. Um, I have I, I have fallen asleep every time. I could have slept fifteen hours. And uh, started my day with <laughs> coffee and adrenaline, and then fucking still fall the adrenaline asleep. shops your heart. <laughs> I will still fall asleep watching that fucking movie. Like it bores me. I like, watched no it. End. I've, seen it, I've seen it once. I, I I can only tell you two scenes. Uh, the first scene is uh, when Michael Bean uh, falls into the abyss and his his craft uh, cr- crushes under the pressure. Yeah, yeah. And when. Uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio drowns and they bring her up and, and Ed Harris is beating the shit out of her chest to get her to wake up. See, I must have fallen asleep before that part. Yeah. I don't so, remember that part. I remember the, the ship being crushed by the weight of the... Yeah. That was such a cool yeah. scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. But like, is that a James Cameron film? That is a James Cameron film. Yes, that's I, the movie I, that he did right before Terminator 2. I no, believe uh, it. Yeah, right before Terminator 2. I believe it. You know why? Because oh. the fucking avatar has the exact same effect on me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter like what I've done. Like it doesn't matter how awake I am. That movie will put me the fuck to sleep. I don't remember anything about Avatar. I don't either. Nothing. The most popular. And it sucks because I like can quote it, it. I remember it being a really good movie, but I can't tell you anything about it. I remember and, it being a very long fern gully. And I, uh, I, and not I, I would. Not one Tim Curry singing performance. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I know, dude. Where were the hot chicks with the pixie haircuts, huh? 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 <laughs> I was promised pixie. Anyway. <laughs> Steal <What>? my dollar twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, it's so funny. Almost... I watched it at the dollar theater too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I watched it at the dollar theater too. That's where I saw yeah. it. Like, but I like yeah, dude, like that that movie like bores the absolute fuck out of me too. And like <laughs> there are just some movies that fucking really do that. This is not one of them. But like, yeah, dude, like fucking it's just so funny that Ed Harris and, and fucking Michael Bean would be in another scene together and like they're only in it for like a minute and it's far yeah. more interesting than this ever was. But like yeah, that scene always cracks. I feel terrible saying that, dude, because I know all the all the effort and 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 stuff that went into the abyss, and it's such a boring movie, dude. But like, go back, okay? Like, here, watch this though. You remember that scene though? Ed Harris and Michael Bean just shouting at each other. Yeah. Okay. Watch this. I have the high ground, General Commander. I have the high ground. No, no, no. no. Take face off, and replace okay. Travolta and Cage with Harris and Bean. 
Is that not a much more intense movie? Oof, dude, the stare downs of that of the right actors. Like, does dude. that not does that not just turn that movie yeah. like instantly a little bit more intense? Because Michael Bean, uh, despite the fact that he he can go very loud, he has an intense stare. Yes, he does. And like, like so really does Ed Harris. So does Ed Harris, yeah, exactly. They you both know, have those cold ass blue eyes, like but I don't know, I don't know but, man. I just think it would like intensify the movie. <laughs> and it's funny because Ed Harris came out in the uh uh in the National Treasure 2 uh movie with Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you dude, like those two like as as uh, as opposites in movies like they have that chemistry, dude. Yeah. You know, of, yes, of, the, of the, the two head the two heads budding. Yeah. Like, like they they have they have a chemistry not unlike uh um uh Tom Hanks and and Meg Ryan dude like yeah, it's, it's yeah. they just they're just cast perfectly together whenever they're against each other yeah you know? like every time you put them you put them with each other it works sort of thing yeah. and yeah I don't know man I think that like just watching it I'm like watching Ed Harris and Michael Bean in that scene I'm like eh, I kind of want more of that like right yeah I want I want to see more of them like against each other in a movie yeah and just started thinking about like where that where i would like to have seen that and like face off like hit me and i'm like that would have been good like ed harris and michael being soft like we would my john woo would need a lot more doves but like (laughs) i I love i i don't think like i say that they're wasted or whatever but let's let's face it when you have as badass uh, a, a group as like Michael Bean and uh, the guy's name Danny Nucci, by the way, the uh, yeah. uh, the lieutenant, yeah. and yeah. like you have all the, all these guys coming in and uh, uh, like th- like that's your team to go in and rescue the hostages, and they get wiped out like right away. Yeah, and you're only left with Nicolas Cage and the 68 year old Sean Connery, <laughs> you know, whose only reason of being there was to get them in, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you and know, he's, just, and he's still just there. The odds are kind of against you, and that kind of like raises the stakes to a level oh, that's yeah. that's uh that just keeps getting better and better as the movie goes on. And this is after, by the way, one of the most intense chase scenes that I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I freaking love the chase scene that uh that Mason goes down through San Francisco. Oh, and the, after the hotel, after the hotel, oh, it's so after good, the, like. And and this this is like like the first time that Michael Bay is an insulting a minority. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, God, I don't care good. what you've done or what you're gonna do. All I care about is, are you happy with your haircut? Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I told like when that scene started, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my, like, God. oh no, <laughs> like, and that and here's the thing though, like. <laughs> I, I know he's making fun of like an entire minority, but I feel like he knows that guy. I, like, I yeah, it feels like I know that guy too. I really do. But I mean, if I'm gonna make fun of that guy, I'm gonna get that guy to come in and do it, right? Right? Because yeah. it, it it honestly feels a little bit like he's taking the piss out of John Peters. Oh, you think so? It feels like because John Peters is you know the notorious producer. John Peters got his start as a hairdresser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was, a sti- not, he was a stylist. Not, he's, not, he's not a guy like that. Like he's not, you know. But that's the thing, though. He is a little flamboyant. Yeah, he's not. That's the, he's not. I don't think he's gay, but he's a little flamboyant. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it just feels like he's just like 
picking on him. Like <laughs> some some things really know how to like pick on something with like with being like over the top enough that there's deniability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can deny. <laughs> That, like I wasn't making fun of you, dude. Yeah. Like if you, ever bumped, if you ever bumped into him at a party, you could avoid it being awkward. Like, dude, that wasn't about you. But if you feel like the shoe fits, that's your problem. You're so vain. Like, yeah, right. Like, why would you think that? But at the yeah. same time, like Michael Bay's that smarmy little prick that would have done something like that. Oh like, yeah, I, dude. I I feel oh, like there's yeah. a reason you've never seen John Peters and Michael Bay's name together, and you think you would. Yeah, like you'd think you would, but somewhere down the line, I really think those two just don't like each other. And I, I don't know. Most, yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think Michael Bay because they're two alphas, dude. Two alphas I, will never get along together. Yeah, man. that might be what it is. Like they yeah. they like to wave their dicks around when they make their movies, and yeah. like like I'll get, I'll give that to John Peters. Like you can say what you will about John Peters, but he's he's been right about a lot of what he wanted in his films. Yeah, and like up to and including the giant mechanical spider. <laughs> hey, you know what? The, the people make fun of it, but that movie actually, like, for a movie that considerably flopped, yeah. it made double. No, it still made three hundred million dollars, dude. Like, yeah. don't get it wrong. Like, I mean, it wasn't the six hundred million dollar Independence Day or Men in Black that uh, that were previous, but it still made three hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's still, it's still, like for all, it, it flopped for what they wanted. It didn't yeah. flop. That movie cost that movie cost one hundred twenty million dollars to make, dude. Yeah, and it made three. Like, get over it. It it yeah. made money, and it and wasn't it, that bad. Let's face it, it wasn't that bad. I liked it. Yeah, like you got two dollars back for every dollar you spent. That's still yeah. a victory in my book. But and, like, and Michael Bay is not above uh, uh, doing those little insults. You like remember in uh, uh, Armageddon when the little dog is attacking the Godzilla? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that and that big guy with with more chins than a racist simile comes out. <laughs> And he's like, hey, you mess with my Godzilla, man. God, man. Like, he, he really did. He doesn't take the piss out of stuff. And it's so funny that we mentioned Mystery Men because he's like in my one of my favorite cameos. Oh, yeah, that's right, dude. He it's was Michael, the, the frat Michael boys. Michael Bay's, he's the leader of the frat, of the frat boys. And yeah. I love that it would be Michael Bay. Dude, can we uh, bring the brewskis? Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, you may very well bring the brewskis. <laughs> the brewskis, dude. Like, it, so, like, did you know that uh, Michael Bay was also in Transformers? Is he really? I didn't know that. There's a scene where Megatron is on the floor uh, and he's getting up and then he flicks a guy away. Like, he goes like this, like, puny insect. Oh, yeah. Like that. That's Michael Bay. That he, oh, that he no flicks. shit. <laughs> and uh, did you ever see that. Bad Boys for Life? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was in there. Which, like... Like all power to him, dude. Like he's such a good sport, dude. That he, like he actually went and and did that cameo for that movie, you know. I, I was he's like no joke. I because I I man, I love to take the piss out of Michael Bay. Yeah. And like around ten years ago, he was my he was my go to target. Yeah. Uh, long before Rob Zombie pissed me off more than anybody else <laughs> could have. Uh, mm -hmm. I I'm growing to respect him a lot more because I found out that like just reading in interviews with him from like while he was making that movie. It's very mm -hmm. obvious he tanked uh, Halloween too. Like it's it's become fairly obvious that he had some ideas and the studio was like, "Yeah, you can do that, but we're gonna do this." It's like, how's that gonna make any sense? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, well, I don't know either. So you have fun figuring that one out. <laughs> like, he didn't even bother. He was so checked out with it, and I'm like, okay, that's a little fucking funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> like trust me, if I had that kind of money, I'd tank something like that too. Like, fuck you, I'll tank it. Yeah. Like you figure it out. You're fine. It's your fucking movie, right? 
It's not my movie. Mm-hmm. It's your movie. Fuck you. Exactly. Like it started off as him trying to like, no, let me like, I could tell a story with it. Let me just do it then. Don't fuck it up. And then them like, nah, we're going to fuck it up anyway. He's like, fine, fuck it up. I don't care. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I, he's like, you know what, dude, you're, you're going to pay me anyway. I'm just, I'll, I'll just do it. You know? Yeah. Like, I can see where he just like, you know what? I'm just going to make shit. That's going to look cool in my reel. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I can, I can see why he did that. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? But like before him, it was Michael Bay. Cause like, the before the joke was there, I'd been pointing it out, and I'm like, "There's nothing the motherfucker won't blow up." <laughs> and like the joke became, after South Park, just like boom, pow, like those aren't story plots; those are explosions. You know, there's a difference. Yeah, and like I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one who caught that. And like, you know, it's easy, but I would love to sit and pick his brain. Like, yeah. that's a dude I'd want to know. Like, did you have a soul when you started? Like, <laughs> was, there, was there a real passion for this? Or was it always to get here? Because, yeah. like, if it was always to get here, I respect it. Mm-hmm. If it was all, if, if his thing was like, dude, I just want to, like, make enough shit so that I can do whatever the fuck I want and get paid millions yeah. of dollars and nobody's going to care. Yeah. Like, I understand if that was the goal. But like, did he, when he started, did he have like, did he have aspirations? Like, I want to be the next Richard Donner. I want to be the fucking next Jerry Bruckheimer. I want to fucking be like Tony Scott worthy. I want people to talk yeah. about my movies. Like, and I want remember- to say yes. I want to say yes, but I think that his, amb- feels like it. his ambition, uh, far, his ambition and, and, and his, like what he wanted to do far surpassed his talent yeah you know because i mean if you listen if you listen to him talk and you listen to him uh like behind the scenes interviews about how he sets up shots and how he he uh tells his stories and stuff Mm -hmm. like he's extremely passionate yeah and he knows exactly what he wants and you see it on screen Mm -hmm. like uh um in the, in this movie, it's it's a start of a lot of his uh, Michael Bayisms, you know. Yeah. The, the helicopters against the the setting sun, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the the camera twirling around the central character as he's you know standing up and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like you see all these Michael Bayisms, and then you hear him talking about about making movies and stuff. He's really passionate about it. He really is. Yeah. But I think that along the way, he kind of lost. Um, like, I don't want to say he got lazy. I just want to say, like, he 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 just lost his voice, you know? It, it, it's not a matter of, like, I think after a while, though, if you're really good at something, like, the chain of executives in there, like, I've noticed most of the people at the top don't understand what makes a good movie a good movie. Yeah. And they don't care. They're not trying to make a good movie. They're trying to make good-looking stuff. Yeah. Like, just to, just just so you paid your money to go see it. Yeah. Like they don't care about the long run. They care about the immediate payback. Like when am I exactly. going to get my money back? Mm-hmm. And like, and Michael I, Bay's been real good at making those kinds of movies. Right. And I think it's just like, what, what people like is the explosion. So do that. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. you know, I've got other ideas. Like, yeah, yeah. Blow your ideas up too. Yeah. Like whatever. Now, and, and uh, talking as a human being, dude, and, and I don't, I don't think we've discussed this on the show yet, but I've discussed this with you, and this is why I'm I'm a I'm a Michael Bay fan as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, like he does stuff like one day there was a a homeless guy who was walking through the set, and uh, he asked he asked uh, he asked somebody on the crew for for a couple of bucks. 
Michael Bay saw this. So he took the homeless guy to the craft service table and say, grab what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, thank you. And, and he's like, hey, are you guys making a movie? And Michael Bay's like, yeah, we're making a movie. He's like, do you mind if I sit and watch? He's like, of course, just like, don't get in the way that like, just stay out of the way. And, and you can stay over there and watch. The guy stayed there all freaking day, like 12, 13 hours. He stayed there all day just watching. Like he took like one handful of food and that's it. And he just yeah. stood, stood there watching. Mike, uh, Michael Bay like uh, admired that. So he paid for the guy's hotel room. Right. Yeah. And then uh, when that, that, I think that was on bad boys, if I'm not mistaken, that was on bad boys. Mm -hmm. And um, he, uh, he, the guy came back the next day. And he offered like, hey, let me put you in a hotel again. He's like, no, no, I'm OK. Like I, I took a shower. I had my breakfast like I'm fine. I don't need another hotel room. Like I, um, I, I just want to come and hang out. Mm -hmm. So Michael Bay kept in touch with that guy. He bought him a cell phone and he kept in touch yeah. with that guy. And ever since then, he that guy has been invited to every single Michael Bay set up to and including the movie that he did last year with uh, with uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. That chase movie oh, on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy is still coming to the set with Michael Bay, and Michael Bay even offered to buy him a house, and the guy refused. You know? Wow. That's so, crazy. and, and uh, you see him in a, in a, in the background in a couple of his movies and stuff. Uh, but like that just shows like the kind of guy that Michael Bay is. Michael Bay is the kind of guy that if he likes you, no matter what, he will bring you into his next movie. Yeah, that's why everybody keeps everybody uh, who works with him keeps coming back because mm. like he keeps bringing them back and he keeps paying them better than anybody else pays them. Yeah, I, I know that for a fact that like people fight to get on those on his movies because yeah. he pays them like max out. And he's a dickhole. Like there are horror stories of people saying oh, that I'm like, sure. like he's, he is a tyrant on set, man. But. At the end of the day, he comes up to every single person and he thanks them personally for, yeah. for, the hard, for a long, hard day's work. And, and you're probably right. Like in that sense, he probably really was an artist. And that's the thing is the, the, these systems, like they are built to break you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like at some point they, they, you can come, like you can come in with all the ideas in the world and it's like, yeah, we don't want any of those. Just right. Yeah. Like I heard a joke today that like, I was in tears. I was laughing so hard at it. Um, I don't know if you saw, I think, I don't know if it was today that uh, the Nostalgia Critic dropped uh, his review for Ready Player One. Yes. Okay. So there's that <laughs> I watched scene. it all as soon as I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just watched that today. So there's that one moment where um, Taylor Sheridan drops that line in the movie. He goes, you killed my mother's sister. Yeah. <laughs> And like he laughs and he goes, okay, someone who is paid only to write wrote that. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was the funniest fucking line I've ever heard, dude. Like someone who's paid only to write wrote that. Because it, it is like that system is like, just write me a narrative, monkey. I'll fix it. Yeah. Like... And this is Steven Spielberg we're talking about, dude. Like the greatest yeah. filmmaker of all time, dude. The actual fucking measuring stick. Yeah, dude. Like that everybody aspires to be up to and including Michael Bay aspires to be Steven, Steven Spielberg. And he's only, and, the, and measuring, he's only the measuring stick because they haven't figured out the distance between him and Kubrick yet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, you can quote me on that. <laughs> Put it on my fucking tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him I said it. I don't give a fuck. 
but uh and, and it's funny <laughs> because i love ready player one i really do like i i, I bought that movie twice and uh i i still watch it like it, it's my background movie like lately it's been my background movie but every single thing that the nostalgia critic said about the movie is true it's very true it's very very <laughs> and it true. sucks because i love that movie so much like I'm, I'm such, I'm such a, I'm such a, like a, like a, like a dipshit when it comes to that movie, yeah. Because I, like, I forgive it for all its flaws. But yeah, anyway, and, and many flaws it has. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm not denying that. But um, the whole thing with, with this movie is that it is, in my opinion, it is Michael Bay's best movie. It's possibly my favorite, uh, my second or third favorite Nicolas Cage movie. Behind, of course, raising Arizona, and uh, I, I, I kind of want to say, um, uh, Lost in Paradise, Trapped in Paradise, Trapped in Paradise, yeah, Trapped in like, Paradise is, oh man, that's like, that, that's like that's like a um, heartthrob Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah, and uh, it's, I did exactly it's, what the map says. I made four lefts. Yeah, he's got scallions. <laughs> four lefts. It's a circle, you idiot. <laughs> I love that movie. I saw that movie on VHS because my old roommate, one of my best friends since elementary school, uh, when we were living together, had that movie on VHS. And I watched that movie like three times in a row. And I have never seen it again. Like, it's not on any streaming services. It's not on, it's not on, I haven't never seen it on VHS or I mean, on on DVD or Blu ray. Like, nobody knows that movie exists. (laughs) <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. Like, yeah. I I love every goddamn thing about it. Yeah, but uh, I would think I'll. You know what? What else uh, rounds out the top five for me is uh, uh, the National Treasure movies. I think those are Nic- like Nicholas Cage at his best. And see, like that's what I was gonna say. I was like, The Rock doesn't even crack my top ten. Nicholas yeah. Cage performances. I, you know? I love I love the I love the The Rock and, and I do too. That. Like, I think it's a fucking amazing movie. But there's like easily 10 films that i would take nicholas cage in and like so, so here's the pedigree that we're talking about this is why nicholas cage is such a badass like actor and this is why he's my favorite actor because look at these movies mm-hmm. city of angels face off eight millimeter snake eyes bringing out the dead gone in 60 seconds uh freaking wind talkers which was an amazing war movie Great that movie. nobody talks about because it came out right after saving private ryan yeah right? that, that was what it suffered from yeah, freaking adaptation, dude. One of the best uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman written movies that I've ever seen in my freaking life, dude. Yeah. Uh, Lord of War, which is an underrated, uh, underrated, underrated movie. Cool movie. Uh, I never saw World Trade Center because I can't, I, I can't bring myself to watch any movie based on uh, 9-11. Like I can't. Um, freaking. Uh, okay, and then it gets stupid with like The Wicker Man and and Ghost Rider and all I that get stuff. Burned! But. When he started making direct-to-video movies and he started needing to pay his bills, that is where the Nicolas Cage that we all know and love started to thrive, dude. God, yeah. Started to thrive. I, I think from what I understand, and I, I'm not, I'm not, a, don't quote me on this because I'm not 100%, but like, because I don't have IMDb Pro anymore, but like, from what I understand, like, a million dollars gets you 28 days of Nicolas Cage. Really? Yeah, like a, a square million dollars. So if you have a six million dollar budget and you're positive that you can do this movie with three million or four million, you can get Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like for 28 days, which is like bona fide really good. Like after that, the, the 
the it's a it's a renegotiation of contract. Yeah. Like after that, but you can have him in your film for 28 days. And if you're you're planning on shooting for only 28 days, like mm. you you'd be hard pressed to spend a million dollars elsewhere. Yeah. That's a fucking Academy Award winner. And like I don't yeah. know if that's and that really movie true. will get watched, and that movie will get distributed, and that movie will get seen. Because that's the thing. You're guaranteed to get at least a million dollars in revenue and streaming just because Nicolas Cage is in it. Yep. Like, you're guaranteed that. So, like, it's a fucking deal. (laughs) I think so. Like, it really is. I'm not sure if it's still the case because I think he's gotten a little bit too big for that. Yeah. Like Because I think any any filmmaker who's going to try their hand at an independent film, quote, unquote, I'm trying not to laugh, independent film uh, you put like five million dollars into those things now dude and remember when independent films were like thirty thousand (laughs) dollars what a fucking joke that is yeah that's how much clerks cost by the way clerks cost thirty six thousand dollars yeah clerks and like try try making clerks again in this day and age no like shot for shot line for line it's going to run you $3 million. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be able to do it for less. I promise you. Like, I promise you, you won't be able to do it for less. So like, the next, the next uh, uh, project that I am really looking forward to seeing Nicolas Cage in pig. is, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you knew this was happening, but uh, you, you've heard of the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The Tiger King? Yes. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is playing freaking Joe Exotic, dude. I can't fucking wait for that. That's because, like, <laughs> last night, um, somebody there. Okay. People are posting these everywhere. They're all over my Instagram and my Twitter and my fucking Facebook. Um, this is not a joke. Apparently, Joe Exotic is getting out of prison next year. Mm. Like, like, I think in January, like, he's getting out, like, early 2022. Okay. And he's already like in talks with a million different people to do a million different. I mean, watch the fucking Tiger King documentary. The dude liked being on TV. It's terrible, dude. It's one of the worst freaking things I've ever seen in my life, dude. Yeah. Have you you seen it? Oh, God. Yeah. It's 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 terrible, dude. And you you know me, dude, like I like Schloss just as much as the next person, dude. But. The, the, these are just terrible people, dude, and I, I, I don't want anything to do with any of these people because they're horrible, uh, they're terrible, uh, they're the scum of the earth, and the fact that they made a documentary about these people that showed their good side. <laughs> this is their good side, ladies and gentlemen. This is the best they have to offer as human beings. Yeah, dude. Well, Halfway through the documentary, I was like, you know what, dude? Fuck this, dude. Like, I'm just gonna finish watching it to see what happens, see if these assholes go to jail, dude. But like, it's terrible, dude. Like, these people are, are the worst scum of the earth, dude. Like, bro, I remember watching this documentary. I'm like, this feels like a fucking John Waters movie. Like, right? Everything feels like. like you think that these are characters in a freaking John Waters or 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 like like it's always Sunny in Philadelphia type ev- show. Dude. Everything feels like I'm taking a shower in someone else's sweat. Like, oh, it's so like, gross, it's so dirty, dude. And dude, like, one of his employees lost his arm to a tiger. To a freaking tiger, dude. What a, what a what a job. And they, God, the fact that they went back to work. Himself in the office and his and his response was 
I'm never going to financially recover from this. Like, you know what though? He was right. But like, I'm sorry. Oh my but, goodness. Yeah, dude. Homeboy's getting out of jail in January and he's going to be the star of this new show called Bachelor King. Oh, and, good God. And he's not just looking for love. He's looking for two loves. He's trying to find a husband and a boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, whoever he finds, they deserve each other, I guess, dude. Because and that's that's the thing, because it's is he's asking people like the the qualifications are like gay, straight, curious, like unsure. It doesn't matter. Dude, he's a predator, dude. Yeah, he's a freaking predator. He's a sexual predator, dude. And I'm just gonna like, come out and say it, dude. You see his boyfriend, dude. His boyfriend's like, like not all there, dude. And I feel really sorry yeah. for that kid, dude. I really do. Yeah, like it's terrible. The, the freaking Tiger King is like in his in his late fifties, dude, and he's he's dating twenty year olds, like teenagers. Like, I, that's not cool, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it's not, but like, could you have picked a better person than Nicolas Cage to play him? Oh, dude, my god. Um, like, I, and and that that is what I'm going to enjoy it as. I'm going to yeah. enjoy it as Nicolas Cage, um, craziness, right? Yeah. What else so, can you do? Um, you know what I mean? There's like, also there's also like some more stuff that he's coming, but what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen, is Nicolas Cage month is not over yet because there is so much to talk about about this phenomenal actor that what we're gonna do is next week we are going to do a Nicolas Cage retrospective. Well, we go back and we talk about everything that he's done in his career. Starting from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where he just played a background guy, yeah. up into where like you don't you 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 haven't made it. There's only I think one other actor that has made it to this point, where they make a movie about you starring you. Yeah, where it's his so next meta. movie is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, it's where so Nicolas cool. Cage plays himself, which we'll get to next week. But I mean that that's a John Malkovich level. <laughs> we let the Level rage 50. out of the cage next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into his career. Uh, we're gonna hit uh, all all his different highs and lows, and what everybody considers currently his low, which is actually his high. And everybody needs to get up on that train, dude. Because yeah, you can you know people can make fun of him all they want, but in like ten years, all these movies that he's coming out with. Like people are gonna be like, man, Nicholas Cage was so good. Like, was he though? When he dies, when Nicholas Cage dies, like they're gonna be like, oh man, we never knew what a hidden talent he was. Fuck you guys, dude. He was right there in front of your face. He had an Oscar and a movie about how talented he was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you should have known. But real quick, man, going back to The Rock. Yeah, it is Michael Bay's best movie. Um, Undoubtedly, it, I think, and that's because I really I. If I had to choose between this one and Bad Boys, I'd take Bad Boys, but this one is the better film. The Rock is the better movie. My top five, Michael Bay, is The Rock, Bad Boys, Armageddon, Transformers, Bad Boys 2. Right on. Yeah. I feel that. I don't know if I'd have a top five. I don't know if I like like five whole Michael Bay movies. <laughs> and it's funny because like I, I hate it because I, I saw Bad Boys 2 a lot like like when it first came out and I hated it, dude, what? I was, I was so disgusted by it, dude. Like I you really heard me talking it. about it. Like you, like I was disgusted by it. I, I, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was way too long. I was bored by it. And then uh bad boys for life came out and uh, my wife bought 
the, because she's a hardcore bad boys fan, right? She loves yeah. bad boys. So she bought the, uh, uh, the Blu-ray set with all three movies. So we watched bad boys and then we watched bad boys too. And I don't know what it is, man, but like I watched it again and yeah, it's good. It it's is good. good. It's a fun it's good. movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I take my words back. I take everything bad I ever said about bad boys too. I take it back. Bad boys too is it's right. Somehow is the perfect balance of everything good and everything bad about Michael Bay. Yeah. Like, and before everything gets too like bad, Michael Bay, he shows you good Michael Bay. Yeah. Like, and if you want to see bad Michael Bay, like at his worst, absolutely like, like shit your mouth worst. Revenge of the Fall. Transform. No, Transformers the last night. Oh, I haven't even Transformers like, the last night, dude. I haven't even you know me, that. dude. You know me, dude. Like everything Transformers, I I'm an apologist, dude. Mm, and yeah. I will defend. Even Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, dude. I will defend every single aspect of that movie. Not to up me. Until, <laughs> up until, including the enemy scrotum. <laughs> but Transformers the last night was the last straw. <laughs> I've had all I can take, and I can't take no more. Yeah. And even even like even the people who are driving big dump trucks full of money to Michael Bay's front lawn were like, you know what? I think we got to go a different route on the next you one. Should, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing their fingers down to the bone like this, like shame. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the 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 rock still holds up. Uh, you know, twenty five years later, uh, it's it's a great movie. Check it out. Ed Harris, Nicolas Cage, Sean freaking Connery. Everything about this movie is just great. Ed Harris, man. Tony Todd's in it. Like, God almighty. There's just so many, like, really, really talented actors in it. it it's such a really good, like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's an amazing Bruckheimer ensemble. Yep. Like, it, it's it's one of those just Jerry Bruckheimer, like, everybody's important kind of roles. And the ending of this movie will have you cheering and, and God help me, had me crying, dude. Like I, yeah. I teared up at uh, Ed Harris's scene, dude. Like Ed Harris's last it's scene, so I teared up at that, dude. And then the ending sets up a sequel, believe it or not. That we never get. That we never got. Michael Bay actually had an idea for a sequel where uh, the government was after him because he stole that microfilm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> And he actually goes back to Mason for help. And uh, hilarity and uh, shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans ensue. But that never happened because why would you want to go back to The Rock after all that? Like, that's just not fun. They just turned (laughs) Sean Connery into Kevin from Home Alone. Home Alone. I made my family disappear. disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is why we do this, ladies and gentlemen. For the synchronicity, that's why we do it. For the synchronicity, (laughs) dude. Yeah. That was fucking funny. Yeah. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Will. I'm Bob. And that, my friends, was the Movie Nord Podcast. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGB Tiny Radio. We are the 9.5.6. Everything local. Like hip-hop. Positive, negative, chemical reaction. Rock. Watch them blowing. And country. Now driving down I-35 
you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to Play My Music at RGBTitanRadio.com. Once more, that's Play My Music at RGBTitanRadio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. RGBTitanRadio.com. We are the 956.